Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hooked on Sports. This is episode number 182 of the program. My name is John Flint. Thank you so very much for listening to the podcast once again this week. Remember, before you continue listening, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Revigate Podcasting Streaming Services. So this way you're notified of the latest um, uh, the latest stuff pertaining to uh, Hooked on Sports and when the podcast is uploaded. So you've got that in mind. You also have so the Twitter account at hooked underscore on sports at Instagram at hooked underscore on sports or my personal Twitter and Instagrams at John Flynn ninety seven at J Flizzy respectively. So we got lots to take care of to, uh, this week. We we're gonna get into some of the matchups I'm looking forward to the most in college football this weekend. It, it is the the official first weekend of of legit college football. We'll get into some things pertaining to Major League Baseball, particularly the tight and at least race between the Mets and the Braves. We'll get into the American League wildcard situation. We'll get into the White Sox mess. We'll get into the Orioles. But we, we, we've got a lot, a lot of NFL topics we need to cover um, in today's podcast. So today is Wednesday. There are eight days remaining until the start of the NFL season. So we ha- we have a-, a lot of topics th- throughout uh, th- throughout the divi- throughout the divisions that we're, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at. We're gonna take a look at the Chiefs and why that they're a team that that after losing after losing Tyree Kill can still make the playoffs. I'll give you what my takes on the Lamar Jackson extension. Why the Buffalo Bills are under a lot of pressure to win the Super Bowl this year. The Dallas Cowboys uh, are suffering a significant injury. We'll, we'll compare and contrast the Pittsburgh Steelers and Seattle Seahawks quarterback battles. But I'm compelled to begin today uh, to, to to make the first topic of today's podcast about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Because it, it was a stunning development for the San Francisco 49ers that they actually got something done with Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, Trey Lance was the fifth best quarterback in the 2021 NFL Draft. Trey Lance did not play college football in 2020 because of the pandemic. Trey Lance was awful on Thursday night against the Houston Texans in their final preseason game. Trey Lance never had a season get underway because because of injury. And Trey Lance is not ready for uh, for the big stage. Trey Lance is the guy that Kyle Shanahan and uh, and John Lynch traded up to, to draft in the 2021 NFL Draft. They had Mac Jones available. They had Justin Fields available. Instead, they took Trey Lance. I mocked the 49ers to select Mac Jones. The 49ers did not take Mac Jones. They took Trey Lance. And Trey Lance that is is the guy who the the Forty ers franchise put all of their eggs under, and Trey Lance has 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 frustrated Kyle Shanahan a lot in terms of develop in terms of the development or as of yesterday lack thereof. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back tells you everything you need to know about how the Forty ers feel about Trey Lance, 
and uh, this this was an easy first guess. If if you looked at all the quarterbacks in college, uh, coming out of college in in the twenty twenty one draft, and there were five of them, and I, I I liked obviously Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. They were gone at one two. Um, <coughs> we we have Justin, you have Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and then Trey Lance, who was the ultimate wild card of that NFL draft. Now. It it goes noted here that I really like what San Francisco is, is able uh, the roster that that they've assembled and the roster was what got the San Francisco 49ers to be in my mind the best team in the NFL during the 2019 regular season. So with with, with great drafting, great trades, 2021 the 49ers roster uh, uh, carried the team to the NFC Championship game last year. And Jimmy Garoppolo uh, played uh, played uh, mistake free football for mu- for much of the playoffs. Now, uh, now J- Garoppolo knows how to win. He's been part of a uh, a part of winning cultures his entire career. He, going back to into stepping in for Tom Brady during the Deflategate suspension, stepping in during uh, uh to, uh, to help with the Forty ers circus of quarterbacks and 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 solidifying that and. And softening the picture on that, but 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 the canvas of this conversation is about Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance will be starting Week One for the 49ers against the Chicago Bears. That that's what I think is going to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo it, being back after seven months of off-season uncertainty, seven months since he last lost the NFC Championship game. To the LA Rams. Seven months of us thinking Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded. Seven months of the San Francisco 49ers uh, uh, not, not, uh, trying to find someone to take on Jimmy Garoppolo and, and his contract. He, they, 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 after, Baker, after the Panthers landed Baker Mayfield, there wasn't really a, 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 a serious suitor because you had the, the Deshaun Watson suspension, and uh, he was he wasn't he wasn't gonna uh, uh, play a uh, play for the Seahawks because uh, because of of what of the roster they have together and them losing Russell Wilson. Jim, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was staying with the San Francisco 49ers. There was no way that the 49ers were going to let Jimmy Garoppolo walk. He, he just simply has too much value. Now, if Trey Lance actually plays well, uh, that there, there are going to be teams that, that are going to be clamoring for a Jimmy Garoppolo trade and let Trey, and let Trey Lance uh, take over the team. And Kyle Shanahan reasserted uh, at the start of training camp that this is Trey Lance's team. Now, Trey Lance has got to go out and, and play like that. He's got to have a mu- much better results than he did in the preseason. In the in the time he played last year, and and he really needs to to, to step up here and focus on the on, on winning football games. Now, the, the, out of the gate, the 49ers have have two easy wins to start with with the with the Chicago Bears in Week One at Soldier Field, and then at Levi Stadium Week Two against the Seattle Seahawks. That should be a two and zero start. But we need to see how much that they dominate those teams. Because 
if if because Kyle Shanahan's gonna know whether or not uh, Trey Lance is the guy after the first two weeks of, of the se- of the season, in my mind, because the Bears defense is dreadful, the Seahawks defense is dreadful. Trey Lance should be able to uh, to, uh, to to lead his team to thirty points in each of those two games. Trey Lance. Has to has to uh, to uh, to overcome all all the pressure, and 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 I know Trey Lance said in in his uh, in, in a talk to the press today about Jimmy Garoppolo coming uh, yesterday about Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, and he said, "Well, it's, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was so good to me for, for 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 the team, and Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. He is he is a great guy in the clubhouse, and and and, and he and all he cares about is winning football games, and that's what." You you should be doing if you are in the quarterback business in the National Football League. So I I think that Jimmy Garoppolo coming back tells you everything you need to know about Trey Lance's performance in the preseason. So I I, I think that this this is a, a fascinating take for the 49ers because the 40, 49ers as a whole are, are an excellent roster. I I think the offensive line is great. I know Trent Williams is coming off. Uh, is that some smart people think is the greatest season ever by a left tackle. The running game is outstanding. I think Elijah Mitchell's going to run for over a thousand yards this season. I wouldn't be surprised if it's over fifteen hundred because of the 49ers' uh, reliance on the rushing attack with the with year two of Trey Lance. And the defense, I think, is fantastic. Fred Warner is outstanding. McBosa is outstanding, and and there there are multiple candidates. That in the conversation for defensive player of the year, uh, and and I, I'm going to make those predictions as per tradition between uh, whether you know me from Flynn for the win or Hooked on Sports on uh, on Labor Day Monday. That's going to be a tradition unlike any, any other. So that I I can't wait for that. So, so I think uh, the 49ers can 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 win ten games with with, with what what they have right now. So I, I and obviously Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryan's uh, is an excellent defensive coordinator. Uh, he's positioning him. Uh, Ryan's is positioning himself to be an NFL head coach someday. So I think when when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, it's it's going to be uh, about Trey Lance and his and his ability to win football games in 2022. So I I, I think the, the this is a fascinating move. And a- after all the baloney that uh, that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch put the organization through with Trey Lance and the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, uh, they 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 were ne- never going to let Jimmy Garoppolo walk because he he he's just too valuable for them to, uh, to to walk as as a free agent. So I I I love what the 49ers did. So, uh, but th- th- their their coaching tenures are going to be uh, are going to be determined on whether or not Trey Lance is successful. So I can't wait to see what happens there. Now, let's talk about two other quarterback situations uh, before we, uh, we we continue on. So, the Pittsburgh Steelers do not have a definitive quarterback uh, situation for Week Number One. Sits between Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. So. This this is what what I what I think is uh, from it. So Kenny Pickett's numbers were better than Mitchell Trubisky's in 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 twenty twenty uh, in the pre twenty twenty two preseason, 
and you, you you think about Mitchell Trubisky and everything he gone through. Uh, he went through under the Matt Nagy Ryan Pace uh, reign of terror in Chicago, Go, going to Buffalo and and learning from uh, from Brian Dable and Josh Allen. Uh, and 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 watch the Bills and the and the number one off one of the top offenses in the National Football League last year. So 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 he 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 plays well, and 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 the idea of Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, the, the head coach, is uh, is is to look at Mitch Trubisky because of the veteran presence, and I I, I thought of, about this the last couple of days about the Pittsburgh about about quarterbacks and what do you do with quarterbacks because it is an interesting case scenario and an interesting case study about how you should handle a quarterbacks when you when you have another quarterback of of starting caliber on the roster do you start him do you bench him i i i think that it's in, uh, that the Steelers have a great, uh, excellent quarterback situation. So be, because uh, because you have much more talent, much more speed than what you saw from Ben Roethlisberger. But I think the the the, uh, the Steelers should start Kenny Pickett because Pickett's been uh, been outstanding in college. He he led Pitt to well I, I to the ACC championship uh, last year with Pitt. He obviously didn't play the uh, uh, in in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, which is which is uh, what you typically expect. So I I think the Steelers are, are are in a great situation, and I would start Kenny Pickett. I I am under the opinion of maximizing your uh, your, your rookie contract and, and maximizing uh, uh, the the uh, uh, the type of things you can do when when you have somebody. Uh, so like like Pickett, who who I I think is is reliable. I think he's tough. He's built for uh built for Pittsburgh. Uh, especially uh was see, seeing how he played in in college with with Pitt and the and the and, and the career he carved out um at Pitt. So I, I I'm under the opinion that, that I want Kenny Pickett to start, and and I think he should start because. It, I, I, I'm under the camp uh, of having your rookie quarterbacks play to gain experience, and, and, and then and then when you, you have more room in the salary cap in 2023 or 2024, but uh, get, get some remaining pieces uh, to, to carve out a Super Bowl winning team. So I think the Steelers are are in a, are in a good spot here for the for the future. Now, do I think the Steelers are a playoff team right now? I I think given the given the strength of the division and given the strength uh, of the conference, no. So, uh, but but I do think the Steelers are a team that's capable of winning seven, eight, nine, maybe ten, ten games is the ceiling for the Steelers with with the quarterback situation they have. So I I I think the Steelers are 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 in business here when it comes to when when it comes to the starters there. So. There is one quarterback scenario where it's offensive, and that that's Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Now, I, you if you if you watched Geno Smith before in this uh, in, in throughout his NFL career, he has always had poor fundamentals at the quarterback position when it's when it's th- throwing the forward pass is are th- throwing mechanics. 
and and, and all, all of that other stuff, that Geno Smith it, it gets gets another chance to start in the NFL for for the Seattle Seahawks. And if you are a Seahawks fan, you have to be else livid with with everything uh, th- that that went down uh, with the Seahawks this off season. You trade Russell Wilson, uh, which which of course you had to do. I, I just don't think that Geno Smith is is the guy you want to start when you're going up against Russell Wilson in the Russell Wilson revenge game, and and I look at I've looked at the uh, the week one quarterback matchups throughout the course of of the years I've been I've been watching football. I have not seen a quarterback battle, a quarterback uh, matchup. As lopsided in week one as I saw, as as I see with Russell Wilson and Geno Smith. Geno Smith is 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 someone that that means nothing. Geno Smith means that the Seahawks are going to be dreadful. Geno Smith means that the Seahawks are go are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this season because the Seahawks don't have a quarterback and Drew Locke. It was Drew Locke's uh, job to lose going into training camp. It was his job to lose going into OTAs and minicamp. Well, Drew Locke was dreadful, and Geno Smith won the job by default because Drew Locke was was offensive to the senses. And you got Pete Carroll, who has not been a, a good play, uh, not been good in terms of an in-game manager. The offensive coordinators have been bad. John Schneider has made, made some dopey trades over the course of the past couple of years. And Russell Wilson bailed the hell out of the Seattle Seahawks in 2018, in 2019, in 2020. And and then when he got hurt in 2021, he said, it was like, well, that's it. That, that, that's the epitaph of the Russell Wilson uh, era in, the Seattle, in, in, in Seahawks history. And Russell Wilson will go down, in my opinion, as the greatest member of the Seattle Seahawks in the history of the franchise. And and, and and the ripple effects of the Seahawks going forward are, are going to be momentous. And you wonder if Pete Cow is going to keep his job after this year. You wonder if John Schneider is going to keep his job after this year. So I, I think all sorts of, of things are are possible with with insult to injury. So I I, I think that this is a this is a hot mess. If you are the Seattle Seahawks, now I want to get into a couple of things concerning the uh, the, uh, the the Dallas Cowboys because the what the big the big news is Tyron Smith suffered a big time injury um, in, in his lower body on Thursday and he is he is going to be out for at least three to four months and. That's kind of a big deal when when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys because because th- there there have been many occasions where Tyron Smith has not been able to stay on the field throughout his NFL career and th- this one being the latest example of it and Dak Prescott his his numbers are much better when Tyron Smith is available playing and productive and he's not going to be available healthy and productive for three to four months. So that that that's going to mean a huge drop off in Dak Prescott's production for this upcoming season. This means a huge drop off for um, um, for the, the Cowboys' offense, which is what what they needed to uh, to have going for them in order for them 
uh, to, to be a, a team that can make the playoffs this year. Now the Cowboys are in a situation where that they, they are they are likely going to have to going to have to see the writing on the wall here and look at at the Philadelphia Eagles as the team to be in the NFC East, uh, pulling away even further. So. That 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 is a big hit for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think that that's going to change everything when it comes to the Cowboys, but uh, both this year and next year, because I think the writing is on the wall for Mike McCarthy. I think uh, Jimmy John uh, Jimmy Jones wants to go after Sean Payton to be the uh, be the head coach in 2023 and beyond, and I think Mike McCarthy's uh, time with the Cowboys is dead on arrival following following the season, so I think the Cowboys are, are in, in, a, in a mess. The Buffalo Bills have, have a Super Bowl or bust expectation this year, and and, and the, the, the Bills invested so much uh, so much money on, on, on top-tier talent, uh, especially when you, when, when you look at the addition of Von Miller. Six years, $120 million for uh, for an age 32 future Hall of Famer. That, 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 that is a huge risk but but I but I think for for the Bills and I think for the sake of the franchise I think that is a risk worth taking. So I I, I really like the, uh, the the culture. I love what the Bills uh, did and how they handled the um uh, handled the Matt Arisa situation that they and they they um so that they they let him loose after the 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 gross grotesque and atrocious allegations. That, that 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 have been out there on on Mr. Ariza. so so, so it, it was good for the uh, for for them not to take the cheese here when it came to uh, when when it came to that. So I I, I think the Bills are go- going to be excellent. I think uh, I I think Brett Kern, the guy that the punter the Titans just cut, I think he would be a really solid addition for, for Buffalo to punt this year. So I so I, I think that that could be a, a an upgrade in and of itself. And by the way, the Bills play the Titans in Week Two in their home opener on Monday Night Football in 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 less than three weeks. I think the Bills are going to be are going to be a tremendous football team, defense, offense, quarterback, coach, line, uh, culture, GM. I think everything is there for for the for the Bills to. Go out there and win a championship in in 2022. So let's let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs because the the, the Chiefs have been an interesting case study uh, as well. And I, and I think Patrick Mahomes uh, is, is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I, I and I say that because I think Mahomes and the offense with with him, Reed, and with um with Eric, with Eric Bieniemy uh, all together. It is it is the spirit of harmonious cooperation, and that the Chiefs have been to the AFC Championship game each of the last four seasons. They have been to the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead each of the last four seasons. That tells you a lot about Patrick Mahomes' success in the regular season, and I think the Chiefs are are, are going to be are going to be a team that when you have the coach and the quarterback as great as Reed and Mahomes are together, that 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 makes the Chiefs. All, all, the, all the more imposing. Now, I, I don't, I don't like the roster as, as much of Kansas City this year for obvious purposes because of, of transitioning to salary caps to factor in Mahomes' hefty contract extension for, for, for Josh, uh, for 
everything uh, that that transpired with trading Tyreek Hill. But I still think the Kansas City Chiefs uh, can sneak into the playoffs as maybe the 6th or 7th seed. Uh, uh, g- 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 given that they win 10 games. So, uh, I-, I think it's going to be uh, an incredible show in the AFC West the other season with with four of the top 11 quarterbacks in the NFL all in the same division, uh, taking as the starters of all four teams. So, it- it's going to be a war this year in-, in the NFL, and it starts with the Raiders and the Chargers week one at SoFi Stadium. So, that- that's going to be tremendous. Now, this the last topic I wanted to, to touch on for football uh, on this podcast this year before I officially make my NFL predictions is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are currently are on a fixable impasse uh, on, on a mega contract extension. So Lamar Jackson wants uh, wants more money than Kyler Murray. He also wants fully guaranteed money, which which has been the one holdup of all of this. And Lamar Jackson, I'm obsessed with him. He he is one of the couple, one of the two or three players I'm considering uh, for the, uh, for the NFL MVP award this year. I I lo- love his game. I I love how he's matured. I love how he approaches the game. I love how he approaches the off season. I love how he approaches everything. And he's he's got a great head coach. He's got a great roster around him. The culture that Eric DaCosta built is, is off the charts. Incredible. So I, I I think this is uh, the, 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 this is needed for everything involved here when when it comes to the 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 NF, uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. Now I I I think it's, it's going to be fascinating between Baltimore and Cincinnati for for the division this year. I I I really like Cincinnati. I really like Baltimore. That they, they are they are two teams that 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 are have Super Bowl caliber rosters when when you when you look at them uh when you look at them on paper and and with the feel of 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 the two former Heisman winners and and, and it's going to be all sorts of awesome uh, uh between the two teams th- this upcoming season. So I, I think this is going to be a fun, fun NFL season. And we will start everything off by making our official predictions on Monday, September the 5th, episode 183 of Hooked on Sports. Alrighty, everybody, let's continue on here. I think we, sh- we should talk about some of the things that I'll be looking forward to seeing this weekend in, in college football. First, I, I think... That there are going to be some fantastic matchups, obviously, to, uh, to headline the season. I'm going to begin with the, the the game on Saturday night between Ohio State and Notre Dame, and College Game Day is going to be there with Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreit, Desmond Howard, and Lee Corso and crew will be there on Saturday. It's it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, a top five matchup between. The Irish and the Buckeyes, and I think this is going to be a tremendous game. But I just don't see how Ohio State loses this game. I think this is a season of sky high expectations for the Buckeyes. I think there's they've got it going on with Ryan Day. This team is so well coached. There's so much talent within within that program. And for and, and I think this is going to be a tremendous uh, day for tremendous night for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think in the 
there there's a matchup I I like between Arkansas and Cincinnati, and I think Sam Pittman has has done a wonderful job turning that program around. And look, I think Arkansas is going to be excellent this season. I think Sam Pittman. Gave, gave gave fans a, a lot of reasons to believe in the future. I mean, they had the toughest, one of the toughest schedules in all of college football last year. Yet they still won. Uh, they 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 still won eight games in the regular season, plus uh, beating Penn State in a bowl game last year. And 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 when you, when you look at the offensive line, when you when when you look at Sam Pittman was Georgia's offensive line coach before he became the head coach. Uh, with the Razorbacks, I think the offensive line is going to be excellent. I I, I think uh, I, I think I, I really like what I what what, what I saw from them uh, out of training camp this year, and, and I think the defense I think is improved for uh, from a, a year ago. The quarterback KJ Jefferson uh, is is going to have a monster season. I think the running attack is going to be excellent. I, and look. They, they they have their share of tough games. They they've got Cincy. They've got um they have Texas A and M and Bama each of the, each uh uh in two weeks in a row weeks four and five. That's going to be a really difficult matchup. But uh, Arkansas gave Alabama everything they had last year, and I think that that speaks uh, to to the confidence and the culture that Sam Pittman is is building in Arkansas and. I, I consider ten wins to be a smashing, resounding success and validation for Sam, uh, Sam Pittman for what what he's put, putting together um, there. So I, I I think that's going to be I think Arkansas is going to find a way to win a game at home. I think that that game has thirty eight to thirty written all over it. I, Cincinnati lost a lot of talent uh, from from their twelve and zero season to. The, the the National Football League and to graduations. I I, I think Cincinnati is, is going to finish the season outside of the top twenty five. I think the game between Oregon and Georgia is going to be fascinating on, on, on a whole lot of different levels. First of all, it, it's going to, it's going to be um, uh, Georgia celebrating uh, their, their their defending title. Uh, they're they're celebrating their first title in in more than four decades. But also. The, the the fact that that Oregon went 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 through the coaching carousel with last uh, last December Dan Lanning is going to make his Oregon head coaching debut for uh, uh for for the Ducks but even though Georgia lost a ton of, of defensive talent in, in the draft I I still think that that Georgia is, is going to find a way to to win the game at home. I, I I Kirby Smart is such a great coach. He he, he is so well coached. He's brought, brought together a great program, and I think Georgia is going to wind up winning that game by about uh, by about seven to to ten points. So I I'm looking forward to those matchups as we begin college football. I think this is the year for Ohio State. I think Ohio State takes down Alabama. In the national title game this year, I would be very shocked if it's if two of Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia uh, miss miss out on the final the uh, final of this upcoming season. So I think it's going to be another fun year for if you are a fan of of college football. I, I do want to touch on some topics 
around Major League Baseball. I want to begin with with the with the L.A. Angels and the bit, a bit big news flashes out out of out of the Angels camp this week. Uh, one is that Artie Moreno is finally selling the team, and that, that that's going to have such a ripple effect throughout the franchise and, and and throughout Major League Baseball. Uh, we don't know yet about about the degree. Uh, uh, that's uh, which uh, how how the league changed when Steve Cohen took over the Mets a couple of years ago, but Artie Moreno selling the team is is uh, is a real signal of hope, and that the Angels have wasted the the the, the careers of Mike Trout and, and with the Angels. Mike Trout's never won a playoff game. Not his fault though. Shohei Ohtani. Uh, has been tremendous, but the Angels have been wasting him. Otani hit his 29th home run of the year on Monday night against the Yankees. I, I, I'm obsessed with, uh, uh, with what is being put, uh, with another tremendous season. He's not going to be the MVP. Aaron Judge hit his 50th home run of the same game, a game the Yankees lost. Um, I, I, I think this, uh, you have a tremendous series. Going on between the Mets and the Dodgers, going up in L.A. Uh, um, with with L.A. coming to town, Jacob Degrom takes the hill tonight. I'm going to be there with the Severland Army. That's going to be so much fun uh, to che- cheering on the Mets tonight. I and uh, Tyler Anderson is going to get get is is going to be on the bump for L.A. Clayton Kershaw is going to be coming off the injured list tomorrow on, on tomorrow and start for the Mets against Chris Bassett. It's a four o'clock game there. I, I'm a, I, I really like what I saw from the Baltimore Orioles over the weekend. They 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 took two out of three from 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 the Astros on the road and and that that that's very impressive and in mon- in. Uh, um, among itself, but that they, they lost a couple of games to to the Guardians, and they, uh, give give the Guardians credit for for beginning to pull away from of uh, uh, from the Twins and the White Sox. The White Sox have been a complete and utter disaster this year, and it, it's going to be up to, to Jerry Ryan's uh, Ryan'sdorf to to realize that 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 the White Sox need a GM change and they need a managerial change. So. I, I think the, 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 you're banging the drum here on the the end of Tony La Russa and Rick Hahn in in, in Chicago. Now, so I, I, that's going to be a, a lot of fun stuff there. The Mets and the Braves are are in an intriguing match, uh, duel for for um, for for NLE supremacy. So. We'll we'll see what what's going on there. The Mets enter Tuesday's competition three games ahead of Atlanta for the for for the NL East crown. So I I think that's going to be um, a, a, a tremendous race. The Braves have done nothing but win over the last three months. They have the best record in Major League Baseball since uh, June the first, and uh, you have to give Brian Snicker a lot of credit, and you've got to give. And you you got to give uh, the guys credit for for, for just uh, taking care of business, uh, forcing forcing the Mets to, to keep playing, keeping the Mets to 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 exert uh, exert some energy to uh, that that they, they that they have they could could have saved for October if 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 the Braves weren't winning as much as they did. So credit the Braves for. for 
for, for that. The Phillies. So, uh, the, you get, give the Phillies credit. I think the Phillies uh, could theoretically win 90 games this year, which I think is which I think is a big success, given that Joe Girardi ran the team to the ground the first couple months of the season. Rob Thompson's done a great job. They they had a, a bad loss against Arizona on Monday night, but but the the Phillies are on track to uh, to make the playoffs and and win. 90 games, which which I think is a, is a huge testament for for Philadelphia. So, um, uh, but also we can't we have to talk about we got to talk about the Cardinals and the Cardinals have been uh, have just been a machine uh, over the last uh, the last month. The offense has been far and away the best in Major League Baseball. So they they took two out of three from the Red Hot Braves. So they 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 had two comeback or two come from behind victories. When when they were behind after the seventh inning, those were two fantastic wins that they uh, that that enabled the the Brewers uh, the Cardinals to stretch their lead to five and a half games over the Brewers. <coughs> yeah, the the, the Brewers are have been a hot mess, uh, uh, by, with with their pitching, which has gone down the tubes since trading for Josh Hader. But you know who else has has gone down the tubes, and and that that, that is. Is is Josh Hader, and since since he was traded to San Diego, he is as a he's given up twelve earned runs in four and two thirds innings pitched, meaning he he he's given up twelve runs and he's only gotten what fourteen outs, as meaning his ERA is twenty three point one four entering play on Tuesday. Mind you, this 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 podcast was up was recorded. On Tuesday night, and was uploaded here on this Wednesday morning to to make sure you you understand where where I'm at here with um and so in terms of the information provided to me. So um, I I still think the Yankees are going to win the division. Is is still win the AL East? I I think we need to see a little bit more oomph from, from the Yankees. Um. Uh, 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 with with more than just Judge and Stanton, <coughs> and they, they, that they they only have a six and a half game lead on the Rays in the division. That if if they that if if the result was a loss last night after I recorded this, they would only be six games behind. And that 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 would be that that would be a, a huge red flag going into the month of September. Now that the the Yankees uh, and Aaron Judge has fifty home runs as I as I mentioned earlier, but I, it, there is a possibility that Judge is going to hit sixty two, and and I think that's going to be a, a massive achievement because it not only would it break the Yankees single season home run record of Roger Maris sixty one in nineteen sixty one sixty one years ago, but um, but what wouldn't it be something? If Judge broke the record uh, uh, on October first, uh, that Saturday game against Baltimore, so I, I, that would be incredible to, to watch for or for uh, the for the sake of Aaron Judge. So the, the Yankees have thirty two games left after um, uh, go, entering play today, and I think Judge is going to wind up getting these sixty two home runs to pass. The great Roger Maris, and a couple of other thoughts uh, for around uh, sports as we as we finish up here. How about the Serena Williams winning as um in, to to start her final major tournament uh, this week at the U.S. Open? She she took care of business 
in in her in, in her first match against the 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 person from not not from Montenegro. So that would be uh, in, incredible, and that was incredible, where she to where she defeated. Um, Kovinic from Montenegro. Now she she's gonna face Annette Kontavite, the number two seed in the tournament tonight at, at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. So that that's gonna bring a lot of buzz. And 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 could this be the last we see of Serena Williams? So that that will remain to be seen as we as we move along here to, uh, throughout the action. And then finally, the Knicks extended R.J. Barrett, a four-year, $120 million bookie Mac extension. Look, I, I like it. I have no problem keeping, uh, keeping R.J. Barrett long-term. Now, the, the, the Knicks, uh, now Adrian Wojnarowski st- still believes that a Donovan Mitchell trade is, is, the Knicks to, uh, is still the, uh, the Knicks trade to lose. So, but I, I, I'm not really see, see, uh, seeing the, the possibilities now with Donovan Mitchell now that R.J. Barrett's locked up long long term and, and with the salary cap situation with the Knicks. That's going to do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. We will go to two episodes a week starting next week. We got a Monday show where I will officially unveil my 2022 NFL predictions and then... An NFL special on Wednesday, the Wednesday after Labor Day, we will look at the uh, big things to look for in week one of the NFL season and then start making my picks and predictions against the spread like we did for the last two years on, on this podcast. So until then, this is John Flynn saying so long and I'll be, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Have a wonderful week, everybody.